Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. Hi. Hey. Howdy. It's so awkward starting off a podcast. If you have any suggestions on how to do this, please let us know because you'd think by now I'd have something worked out. But um, anyway, the forgetful moron is Kate. That's me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even know how to follow that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Liz. (laughs) I'll think of a a way to self-deprecate myself soon. Yeah, no, no, no. I need to, like, you know, I need to, like, change my attitude right now. Okay. I need to, like, bring it around because I'm forgetful because I have mom brain, okay? So, like. It's a real thing. Yeah, my brain is real, and it makes you feel so guilty and, like, shamed all the time. <laughs> but it's just my brain. Like, it just is. Um, it's a condition. It happens. It's, like, a medical phenomenon. We get it. You people should just be more understanding. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Oh, and maybe because of my brain, my mom brain, um, we're going to be taking a few weeks off. So um, definitely go back and listen or re-listen to some of our um, other series that we've done. And don't forget to tell a friend or two. Um, I was trying to think of if you had any specific episodes we've done to, like, recommend people. Um, You know, I think, like, the Diva series was really good. And we had a lot of fun with that. And learned a lot so that's a good one to go back and listen to if you haven't checked it out yet you might not realize that you are even a fan of any of the women that we covered um but yeah we're just gonna do a little little summer vacation and get caught up on some you know research and episodes so we can come back and start with a brand new series in a few weeks yeah we're gonna be refreshed and um I think you guys are gonna like what we have and keep the suggestions coming um, on our Instagram at famous Kate and Liz, Kate with a C. Uh, we love getting like recommendations for different series, um, ideas yep. or topics to cover or whatever, because we'll do anything, you know, like we're interested in literally everything, right? Wouldn't you yeah. say you're just like, we just love to dabble, you know? We dabble in it all. We love to learn. We love to dabble. Um, yes, we want to hear what you, what famous people, places, things you want us to cover. So let us know. Um, yeah, and we'll try to work it in. You know, we have some ideas for series coming up that I'm really looking forward to. And I believe it was a listener who submitted the idea. So when we come back, we'll make sure to give her her due credit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys get credit. For giving us ideas okay you do because you know we wouldn't be here without you <laughs> just kidding we would Truly. because we would still be um calling each other on our Sunday <laughs> don't you feel like at this point if we didn't have a podcast like we would have to just like call each other and pretend we were doing a podcast yes yeah it would be weird not to like talk every Sunday so yeah. we record on Sundays and then like we edit and these come out on Wednesdays so it's t- like definitely our like end of the week tradition um yeah it's like yeah. a therapy session just yeah. recording this so again call call your friends that's a callback <laughs> yeah. call your friends um call your- 
and then tell them to listen to Famous with Kate and Liz. <laughs> yes, please. We beg of you. Um, anyway, okay. So last week we dabbled. Oh, so we're doing Secret Societies. That's like our series. And last week, as we dabble, you know, which we love to do, um, Liz treated us to the Illuminati Secret Society. So that was illuminating. Oh, oh. I realized he was making like that was good. Okay, wow. I think I have dad brain also. (laughs) I think I suffer from dad brain too. Um, okay, so you did Illuminati last week, it was Mm -hmm. really awesome. Um, I I think that you like are now probably an undercover member because you were really into it. Listen, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I've been contacted. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, they're so famous. They clearly have listened to the episode and was like, this girl's on board. I think yeah. I think she started sending me like emojis of triangles and eyes and stuff like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just Jay-Z holding up yeah. the diamond hand or whatever triangle. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I'm just, I can't speak on it. Okay. I'd like to plead the fifth on on if the Illuminati has or has not contacted me. Yeah. You know, we can't be in Bohemian Grove because we're women. So, you know, it it would have to be the Illuminati. Yeah. Next best thing. Exactly. Um, So this week, I'm just kind of going to do like a, Secret Society, Crash Course, Mashup, Potpourri, um, <laughs> really insert any word. That was one of my favorite, um, you know, topics on Jeopardy. What do you call it? Potpourri. You know, when it's at the top. Yeah, when it's like potpourri. Yeah. <laughs> Category. Category. Oh my God. I can't think of words today. Okay. So this is basically um word for word from history.com, everything I'm giving you. Um, but I did actually read a lot, lot of articles. So you know me when I go off on my tangents. Um it might things. be, yeah, it might be, you know, something I read in a slew of articles basically just google like secret societies and the first like 10 things that pop up I've read that's a good way to source it right (laughs) those are your sources yeah um history.com can't go wrong thanks yeah yeah thank you um okay so I'm gonna read which hopefully I can I need to like um increase the size here we go (laughs) okay so throughout history, revolutionary, subversive, and conspiratorial groups have organized secretly, um, which, you know, an example of would be Sons of Liberty, which we remember okay. from the American colonial days. Um, so that's, you know, that's a kind of famous historical secret group. Um Then the repression of liberal, nationalist, and republican movements in Europe in the 19th century, for example, 
um, produced an underground network of revolutionary secret societies such as the Italian Carbonari. Am I saying that right? It sounds good. Sounds like sounds pasta. Good. Yeah, I'm like mm, carbonara. <laughs> right? It makes me want pasta real bad. Um, so that's like another secret society, which I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Um, I, I definitely haven't. It sounds delicious, and I'm going to look into it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then other examples are like the Irish Fenian Society and the um, Decembrists of Imperial Russia, which okay. I'm going to need to look into that because saying the word Decembrists is really like ridiculous isn't that a band too i feel like that's like totally a band as well the december probably probably is um so many modern day secret societies were formed primarily for social and benevolent purposes and to carry out charitable and educational programs so um basically they're saying like historical secret societies were started because of like they're trying to start like revolutions and they needed to remain secret basically otherwise their whole cover would be blown you know for mm -hmm. like what they were fighting for so right. uh, but more modern day secret more modern day secret societies are formed like i said for the social and benevolent purposes um you know charity schooling um they've been like they basically these kind of secret societies um exploded in the later 19th century because um like the huge amount of immigrants who were like coming to a new place in the united states and they wanted to find like they wanted to be in groups with people who spoke like their language you know what i mean so they mm -hmm. it was kind of a way to like okay, even if we live in a culturally diverse area, I'm going to go to this meeting every Tuesday night with this group. We're all like, you know, from the same place. Like we're all Italian or whatever. Speak the yeah, same language. it's like a community. I mean, it's like how people right. go to church too. You know, like you're going for, you know, that's, there's people who there who share your values and like, yeah, speak the same language exactly. and have the same backstory. And, you know, you just want to be around your people sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So um, this says in many communities, um, such societies in the 21st century have continued to provide the principal me uh, means of members' social and civic activities. So they're saying like, even now, this is like the same reason to have these groups. So um, with all their diversity of type and origin, secret societies have certain characteristics of structure and function in common, and some of their ceremonies reveal surprising similarities. So that was kind of like the beginning of an article um, basically going over like everything that secret societies have in common. Um, and that could probably be its own like series. So I'm not gonna focus on that as much, um, but just to kind of give you an idea, this history.com, I think it was like five, five um, secret societies from history or whatever, <laughs> history.com. I don't know, I didn't write the uh, title, but so I'm gonna go over 
Knights Templar, which definitely had something to do mm. with like religion and you know. Like, I only legit. know about it from the Da Vinci Code, so I'm glad that like you're going into it. Yeah, and and again, like I couldn't go too in depth into any of these um, because again, we could just do a whole episode on. I mean, the Knights Templar has like series you can watch on TV about like the history of that. It's crazy. Um, so, and then of course the Freemasons, which I think is like one of the most secret societies that people in our generation kind of talk about, mm-hmm. um, all the mystery surrounding, like what really is the secrecy of the Freemasons? Um, so we'll kind of dabble into that. And then we have the Skull and Bones, um, which is from Yale and, that one I feel like has been depicted in like different movies and mm-hmm. you know people yeah, have kind of heard had that movie with Paul Walker that was like something to do with that I feel like <laughs> yes yeah yeah I should have looked into like what the titles of the movies were just to see you know um and then last I'm going to talk about Bilderberg which was the only one on this list that I hadn't ever heard of before um and we'll get into that. So those are kind of just what we're going to be working with here. Um, do you have anything to say before I get into the Knights Templar? No, I'm excited. Just, yeah, like, I think this is a great idea to do, like, a mashup. And because a lot of them are really similar, you know, we mm-hmm. learned. Um, but then they all have their own kind of, like, unique elements, too. So I think it'll be, like, a great comparison. Take right. it away. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know. I was like, do you want to introduce my section or what? Um, okay. So the Knights Templar were warriors dedicated to protecting Christian pilgrims to the Holy Land during the Crusades. So this military order was founded around 1118. So like a long time ago. Um, when this French knight created the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ. Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ. Okay. Um, and the Temple of Solomon, or the Knights Templar, which they called that for short, which, like, the Knights Templar is not short, but anyway. Um, so, headquartered at Temple Mount in Jerusalem, members pledged to live a life of chastity, obedience, and poverty abstaining from gambling, alcohol, and even swearing. So kind of like how you think of a priest is now basically abstaining from all that same, Uh you know, same kind of stuff. Uh, But they were knights. So the Knights Templar were known for more than their military prowess and moral lifestyle. They became one of the most wealthy and powerful forces in Europe after setting up a bank that allowed pilgrims to deposit money in their home countries and withdraw it in the Holy Land, which is like a pretty ingenious. Yeah, for back then for, too. For the time, right. Um, so their influence swelled to a new high in 1139 when Pope Innocent II issued a papal bull exempting them from paying taxes um, and decreeing that the only authority they had to answer to was the Pope. So at the apex of their power, the Knights Templar owned the island of Cyprus, um, a fleet of ships 
um, oh, they owned the island of Cyprus, a fleet of ships, and they lent money to kings. Um, but not all the kings like were happy about taking their money. I think some kings may have like begrudgingly taken their money or something. I don't know. I'm sure there's like a whole history channel show about, you know, the Knights Templar and Kings and whatever. Um, so when the Crusades came to an end after the fall of um, Acre, the Knights Templar withdrew to Paris where they focused on their banking endeavors. Um, on October 13th, 1307, King Philip IV of France, um, who, whom the Knights Templar had denied additional loans, had a group of knights arrested and tortured until they made false confessions of depravity. So uh, this, this uh, King Philip IV of France was not having it with the Knights Templar. Um, so, wow, okay. So in wow, 1309... Intense over just like a banking transaction. <laughs> yeah, like that's more, yeah, that's more than that. So, and then... Two years later, um, in 1309, as the city of Paris watched, dozens of Knights Templar were burned at the stake for their alleged crimes. Oh. So, yeah, this was like when burning people at the stake was like the nightly activity entertainment, <laughs> which is like unbelievable. I can't even. Um so under pressure from the French crown, Pope Clement V formally dissolved the order in 1312 and redistributed their wealth. Um, rumors that the Knights Templar guarded artifacts like the Holy Grail and Shroud of Turin began bubbling up among conspiracy theorists. Uh, popular books and films like the Da Vinci Code continue to inspire curiosity about the Knights Templar today. Um, so, and I think that's really, like, from the Da Vinci Code, that's when, like, everything on the History Channel was about the Knights Templar. Like, do you remember that, like, couple years? Oh, when my it was God, just, like, yes. Nonstop. Everywhere. It was, like, Freemasons and Knights Templar. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, people were so interested in. Um, wild times. Wild it times. It was, like, so popular. Like, all the cool kids were in to the Knights Templar. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, okay, so that's basically all I'm going into for the Knights Templar. Um, but so, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, like, were they guarding the Holy Grail? And, like, where, mm -hmm. I mean, there's always people on the hunt for where's the Holy Grail, people claiming they are in possession of the Holy Grail. I mean, it's wild out there. Um it's wild out there in these Knights Templar streets. <laughs> um, okay, so that's Knights Templar. Okay, so if it weren't for, you know, these Knights Templar before being, I think, undoubted, uh, I mean, in the Western world, like, the most popular secret society, because if you start looking into, like, um... Eastern Europe and mm -hmm. Asia and Africa. I mean, there's so many of these mm. different, even, even if you just look at the like religious kind of secret societies, um, yeah. you know, so, 
but anyway, so the basically the Knights Templar, as I was saying, and the Freemasons had a huge boom, huge boom in the early 2000s. Um, maybe I, or maybe was it like the late 2000s? 2000. I don't remember a lot from the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was like, um, I feel like college. it was like college, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. College era. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2006. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, became super popular. Um, somebody I happen to be married to is a Freemason. So yes. I do have kind of an inside and so like inside look into what Freemason. do Freemasons today do? Is it just like philanthropic kind of stuff or yes. like that's it's mainly like a club still, but like what are like what are their activities, I guess? Yes. So okay, so actually there are some secret things like their secret handshake like mm-hmm. my husband's not gonna show me that I mean I wouldn't ask him anyway just because like you know dude you're a Freemason like I I don't think I want to know the secrets of the Freemason <laughs> <laughs> the power of it but um right. there's also like um there's the handshake that's secret and I think there's like not a secret language but like secret letters or something I don't know um but basically like I mean it's not super secret at this point especially after all these Freemason documentaries um but so the Freemasons, basically, from this history.com article, um, they're, like, an American, they're all over the world, but it's, like, an American history story, basically, um, okay. because 13 of the 39 men who signed the U.S. Constitution were Masons, so, like, the founding of America is so steeped in like Freemason history, if you will. Um, so and Masons it's hard. are like brick layers, or yeah, yeah, stone. Yeah, Masons work like yeah, cutting stones mm-hmm. to like make buildings. You know, you have to like cut them perfectly and mm-hmm. okay. um, brick laying. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, so very precision based like yeah. jobs. Yes, exactly. Um, and like we'll kind of get into the the beginning of the Freemasons, but founding fathers in America, like George Washington, James Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, and Paul Revere, all counted themselves as members of this quote fraternal order, um, okay. if you will. But so basically what you were wondering so that's why I say it's like an American like steeped so much in American Mm -hmm. history um but it does go back way further like that's not when Freemasonry started um so the Freemasons they can trace their roots to the Middle Ages in Europe um a time when most craftsmen were organized into local guilds 
um, cathedral builders by nature of their profession had to travel from city to city. So they identified one another via signs of their trade, like the builder's square and compass in Freemasonry's like iconic symbol. You know, it's like the compass and the square. It's a pretty iconic symbol, like I just said. I can't think of new words. Okay. Um, so the earliest reference to Masons is in the Regis poem, Regius, I don't know, um, or Hollowell Manuscript, which was published in 1390. Um, but Freemasonry, as we know it today, was founded in 1717 when four London lodges merged to form England's first Grand Lodge. Um, and Freemasonry quickly spread across Europe and to the American colonies. Um, so these are some of the beliefs. So Freemasonry is not a religion, though members are encouraged to believe in a supreme being or grand architect of the universe. Um, Masonic temples and secret rituals have brought them into conflict with the Catholic Church, and the church first condemned the Freemasons in 1738 and has um, and has gone on to issue around 20 decrees against them. Oh, so, yeah, Catholic the Catholic church, church. I think you have some bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some bigger fish to fry, Catholic yeah. Church. Um, so, uh, OK, in 1985, great year one of the best years of all time, uh, Roman Catholic bishops restated over 200 years worth of these uh, strictures in the face of an increased number of Catholics joining the order. So they must have gotten enough complaints to be like, all right, fine, we'll take away these 20 mm -hmm. decrees against them, whatever. Um, you know, it's a bunch of old white men. Sure, we'll do whatever you right. say. Very evolving, so, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the church wasn't their only enemy. The secrecy of the Masons garnered such distrust in early America that it inspired America's first third party, which was called the Anti-Masonic Party. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the first third party. Um, dedicated to not being Masons. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anti-Masonic. Because, you know, if you're not part of the if you're not on the in crowd, you want right. to know what's going on and you're going to be like against them, you know? Yeah. Um, and like what we learned like last week, how the Illuminati would like infiltrate the Freemasons and like, you know, both of them kind of were trying to put people in positions, like influence people so they could go on to be in positions of power. And like, yep. that totally makes sense with you saying like the founding fathers were Freemasons and like, look how that worked out well for them. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. I mean, it always goes right up to the top. We know all the way always the goes back to the top. Um, so Freemasons exist today and their public image um, has been greatly influenced by the high profile charity work of the Shriners, um, which mm. is a subset a subset of Freemasons, also known as the Ancient Arabic Order Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Oh, uh, see, I didn't know the Shriners and the Masons were, like, the same. Oh, the, like yeah, so the Shriners is just, like, yeah, a part I thought of, it was just kind of, like, a religious philanthropic group or something like that. But, yeah, no, okay, that makes yeah. sense. 
So the Shriners were founded by Freemasons in 1870 at New York City's Knickerbocker College and continue their volunteer work today. We always have a 4th of July parade in our town and the Shriners ride around on these little tiny go-karts and they act all goofy and like drive around all crazy and the kids love it. And I remember loving it when I was a little girl and they have these silly little hats that they wear <laughs> and I love the Shriners. So there you go. Okay. Wow. And I'm okay. <laughs> but so your husband isn't technically a Shriner. He's, he's a Freemason. Not a Shriner. Or, okay. No. So yeah, they are still like kind of separate. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, I think you have to be a Mason to be a Shriner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, and this is, here we go. How do you become a Freemason? So, Liz, if you're yeah. wondering how to become a Freemason. Yeah, I am wondering, because, like, do, like, does someone just come up to your husband and then be like, hey, I, like, know about this club that I think you'd be interested in, or, you know, like, I don't know. How does that work? Okay, I will tell you. So, so there's rituals around becoming a Freemason, but they're shrouded in all the secrecy. Like you said, like, you have no idea how you become a Freemason. Is this a multi-level marketing scheme? Like what's happening? Do I have to be asked by someone I went to high school with who like I haven't talked to in 20 years, but they're like DMing me about some new product? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. <laughs> or is that the opposite of what I'm trying to say? I don't know. Um, So membership is open to all males over the age of 21 and women can join an associated group known as the Order of the Eastern Star. Um, And according to the New York Times, aspiring members must, uh, must ask to join and cannot be otherwise approached. So it's not like, you know, a Mormon situation where they're knocking on your door. Um, so literally their, their recruiting slogan is all you have to do is ask. That's like it. You just have to ask to join. Okay. But how do you know who to ask if it's so secret? Like, um, stand outside of a Masonic lodge and wait until they have a meeting, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. But like, so there was... I know like members of our church, I think um, there was a couple who were Masons. Uh, The neighbor who I grew up next to, he is a Mason. Um, You know, I think you just like more people than you realize. Yeah, I think like as you grow up, like you might Mm -hmm. say like, oh, yeah, like so-and-so is a Mason, like they're always doing like really charitable things and like this is kind of cool let me check it out you know like Mm -hmm. you just ask it's not like some exclusive they try to make it like so super exclusive which maybe it used to be which I would imagine that it was Mm -hmm. um, much more exclusive Um, but I did want to say about the women of the order of the eastern star lovely women lovely women Bobby got this um, uh, scholarship when he was uh, getting his master's and, you know, he was a Mason. So he, the order of the Eastern star were like, Oh, we're giving 
scholarships to students who are like Masons or whatever. Okay. So they gave him this awesome, very generous scholarship. Um, so these women, they're just like, we just want to, they were like all just just like old women. They, I don't think there was like one woman there like under, I, I was like the only woman under like 50 there. <laughs> like <laughs> well, legit. Well, that's what I was thinking too, like maybe why their recruitment is, you know, more lax these days is because like at some point to kind of keep the movement alive, you have to yes. modernize it and make it like a little bit easier to access. Yes. And that's what I kind of wanted to like, if we have time at the end, kind of talk about like secret societies in the 21st century, mm-hmm. like is how can these keep like, going in the age of Instagram and all that right. so or it just make it uh, easier for them to find like you're saying you know you just yeah Google, like how do I become a Freemason yep yep you just gotta ask Freemasons near me <laughs> yeah. yep yep so um you know like as I was saying so many famous people in history were mm-hmm. Freemasons um so if you get in you'll be in good company some famous Freemasons include Mozart, Winston Churchill, Davy Crockett, okay. um, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Roosevelt, and John Wayne. So those are just a few. But um, uh, that was like the thing to do in the olden times. Yeah. And obviously, it seems like you know those connections can help you be successful or like you're saying like you can get money for school or you know it's kind of like any other type of right order when, or fraternity like you're going to help their own so there's definitely like benefits to, to right that. right and when you're living in these times like uh it absolutely depends on who you know and networking uh-huh. everything is about networking like even if you wanted to get a job at McDonald's like you would have a better chance if you knew somebody who already worked there and could get you in you know what I mean like right it's at every level it's all about who you know basically and that is what I think like being a mason definitely used to mean way more than it does now I mean it still doesn't couldn't possibly hurt it never hurts to know like I guess as many people as possible to make connections and network and stuff um or just to you know get to know people mm-hmm. be a social butterfly but um so yeah so I'm sorry to say I don't think the Freemasons are as like mysterious and crazy yeah the History Channel wants you to think they are <laughs> I just don't I um, she knows one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Freemasons, real lame, real lame secret society. Um, but the next one I'm going to talk about is a little bit more, I a lot more mysterious. I'm going to say a lot more mysterious. Okay, so I'm going to get into the Skull and Bones. Secret Society. So the Order of Skull and Bones is a secret society founded at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut in 1832. So not that old. I mean, it's not like the Knights Templar or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So Skull and Bones founder William Huntington Russell was inspired by an occult society he'd visited in Germany. His co-founder was Alfonso Taft, future secretary of war under President Grant and father of President William Howard Taft. So he was one of the people to found uh, the Order of the Skull and Bones. Um, The prominent list of bonesmen includes several presidents and modern day power brokers, which bonesmen... (laughs) Yeah, I can't. That. And like, I can't. again, this is also just only open to men or a white men, probably. I right. yeah. I would imagine at this like, time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So each year, fifteen seniors at Yale are tapped to join Skull and Bones. So very exclusive. Only fifteen wow, yeah. seniors. So their names are published in Yale Rumpus. Um. Though what happens behind the closed doors of the tomb? which is the windowless meeting space where oh, bonesmen wow. gather twice a week. Oh that is like under wraps what they're actually doing there. So, so um, you know who the members are, but you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the members take an oath of secrecy. So um, graduate members are referred to as patriarchs, while those undergoing an um, initiation are called knights. And outsiders of the group are called barbarians. So we're just a bunch of barbarians running around. Yeah, we are barbarians. And they are patriarchs and knights. So um, already hate them. Toxic masculinity. Can you imagine just the it's just so ridiculous like everybody who's not us is just barbaric just like calm down calm down guys it's just like white dorky dudes with boners and they're like let's call ourselves bonesmen because bones and penis and then they laugh because they're fucking idiots but I would too (laughs) um okay so famous skull and bones members include nope already said that so um um blah 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 blah. oh okay so George Bush and his son George W. Bush um founder of Time Magazine Henry Luce former Secretary of State and presidential hopeful John Kerry and Fortune 500 elites and members of the CIA are all said to be, like, members, famous Skull and Bones members. So it's still Um, going on today, I'm assuming? Yes, yes, yes. So the controversial 1986 expose America's Secret Establishment by Anthony Sutton claimed that Skull and Bones was out to create a new world order run by Bonesmen, prompting a myriad of conspiracy theories. So it's basically like the Illuminati type Mm -hmm. situation where it's huge conspiracies about a new world order. I mean, that's, you know, one in the same. That's like a requirement for a secret society. Yes, yes. For a new world order. That's exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, okay, so the symbol of skull and bones is approx- uh, approximately a skull with two crossbones. 
nope, appropriately, approximately, oh my God, um, guys, my allergies, they're out of control. So um, what's less clear is the meaning of the number 322 underneath the skull and two crossbones, their symbol. Oh, um, so yeah, so if you Google it, it, it is, it's like obviously a skull and two crossbones, but right. then there is a 322, which is like weird. Um, so Yale Alumni Magazine points to a popular theory that it represents the year 322 BC um, when Alexander the Great died. So yeah, don't know what the 322 means. So that's still secret from everybody. And you know, it, it's, it's a small enough group, I think, to control mm -hmm. their secrecy. Like yeah. And they take an oath, like this apparently like crazy oath to, you know, and if you want to be in this secret society, you better keep your mouth shut or you're out. Mm -hmm. So that's enough. That's enough for these like money hungry, you know. Yeah, it's just like crazy how much is probably being controlled, like behind the scenes in these rooms. Like, I yeah. mean, the more that I think about it and like you saying some of like really influential people, you know, yeah, it's like how. Yeah, it's like the Bohemian Club. Yeah, not being, they're obviously being made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bohemian Grove. They're, uh, it's like clear that actual policymakers are like, talking behind closed doors promoting a democracy but like actually just figuring all of their steps out by themselves slash with other super famous uh, super rich wealthy um other americans who you don't know what they're Ugh, I don't even want to know like <laughs> but like also it's like depressing because we were saying you know like no matter how much you how many more women and like people of color get elected and no matter how many more, how much more we like diversify boardrooms and stuff like there's these secret societies still yeah, so that are like hundreds of years old exactly. that are obviously still just like pulling the strings you know so yeah. it's like well yeah. how will that is that equal still you know like right. no matter how well, much we I do there's probably some sliver of like influence that they still have over things yeah and I think they know it and they're like oh mm -hmm. whatever just make them happy you know it's like make them content. Okay. Let's start being a little bit more inclusive in the workplace, you know, but let's not let it get too, too much to the top, <laughs> you know? Just yeah. Like, well, and that's like why they put out like it. distractions and things like that. So you kind of yeah. forget about that yep. <laughs> what's really yeah. happening. Exactly. Yeah. You're complacent where you're fine. You're good. You're like, yes, I'm good where I am. It's cool. Keep them happy. Just enough. Anyway, okay, this is getting dark again. Um, okay, oh, okay, so this is my last one. And, oh, did we have anything else to say about skull and bones? No, I, I mean, think. I didn't realize it was that small, and I didn't even think it still continued today. I thought this was, like, yeah. an old, real thing, but. Yep, nope, that is, like, so as nepotistic. Yeah. As you can get, I don't know. I don't know what the actual word is, but um, yeah, that's got to be like I don't even want to know what some of those dudes think is like 
I don't know. Okay. Um, so we're going to wrap that up in a little skull and crossbones and move <laughs> on. Um, okay. So this last one I saved because I had never even heard of it before. Um, so this is the Bilderberg. And I hate saying this word. I hate this word. Um, it just annoys me. Bilderberg. Like it's yeah. not a cool name. It sounds stupid. Anyway. It sounds kind of like masonry, like building. Builder. Stuff. Yeah. But it's but it's just like B-I-L-D-E-R. Oh. So it's okay. So I'll tell you what it is. So the first Bilderberg meeting was in 1954 and held at the Hotel de Bilderberg in the uh, Netherlands. So that's where it gets its name from. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's a really hotel. a marketing campaign. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, the most <laughs> genius marketing campaign of all time. Um, even though I've never heard of it, so you didn't do that great of a job. Um, so um, convened by Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, it was a gathering of powerful politicians from North America and Europe designed to foster warmer relations between the two continents among fears of growing anti-Americanism in Europe. So in 1954, at the Hotel de Bilderberg, this prince of the Netherlands um, is like, we're going to have a meeting. Mm-hmm. We're going to make an organization. Um, this is like, going to happen like once a year. Like, yeah, it kind of sounds like Bohemian Grove without the music mm-hmm. theater. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it says, while not strictly a secret society like the Illuminati or Freemasons, Bilderberg's high-profile attendees, um, which previous guests have included Bill Clinton, Margaret Thatcher, Angela Merkel, (laughs) Tony Blair, and Henry Kissinger. Um, And, okay, so they're... um, high-profile attendees, and its use of the Chatham House rule, blocking attendees from sharing what actually happens in the meetings, gives the group an air of mystery. And that's why people consider it a secret society, which I think, yeah, that is It's like a convening of, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're having world leaders, and nobody knows what you're talking about. Um, What? Yeah. so journalists, of course, are barred from reporting on it. Um, and the minutes from the meetings obviously aren't released because it's secret. So um, Bilderberg attendees are selected by a dedicated international committee. And every year, about 120 to 140 people are invited, with about two-thirds coming from Europe and one-third from North America. So the Washington Post reports that while backgrounds in government and politics are the most common, attendees from fields like academia, finance, and media have also been included. Which, like, I want to see a list of the people who are going to these things, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's probably secret, too, you know. I know, but it's like, I don't know. No, I bet that's probably you could find, right? I got to get, I got to start Googling as soon as this is over um, because I need to know who they're asking because that's kind of a lot, 120 mm-hmm. to 140, right? Yeah. It's like a global summit kind of like yeah, every exactly. year of happening. 
Exactly, yeah. So um, the level of secrecy surrounding the Bilderberg meeting um, has given rise to many rumors, including unproven theories that Bilderberg attendees are behind the creation of the European Union, which, uh, of course, yeah. they would think that. Yeah. that yep. Um, the evasion of Iraq and the bombing of Ser- Serbia, which this was, like, reported on in the New York Times. So, like, they're like, hi, everybody. There's a super secret group of people that meets every year, and they're, like, talking behind closed doors, and we don't know what they're talking about. Um so good job, New York Times, like bringing this to people's attention, even though, again, had never heard of it, have never heard of it. Crazy. So um, conspiracy theorists have painted the group as plotting a new world order, of course. So they're like the Check. new the new Illuminati, I guess. Um, their official website maintains, quote, thanks to the private nature of the meeting, the participants take part as individuals rather than in any official uh, capacity and hence are not bound by the conventions of their office or by pre-agreed positions which like when you put it that way you're like oh that actually is genius because you know these people at the top are always influenced one way or another by something usually money you know who has right. the most money but um, like just like Bohemian Grove it's like access like okay so maybe they're not supposed to be like influenced by anything but when they leave there they go back to their real lives and they do have like lobbyists and and contributions and you know things like that that are influencing them it you know like I don't know how much you can really separate that you know like just using the honor system (laughs) right right and like someone who's so corrupt would go in and speak like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden have a moral compass and like speak what they really think is good to do um so um publicly known topics of conversation for the year I think this article is from 2019 so from the 2019 uh Bilderberg meeting the conversations were to be around Brexit cybersecurity, and climate change see Uh, those are all things that like I feel like they would definitely have opinions and influence on. (laughs) Excuse me. I sneeze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, So what happens behind the closed doors of these secret societies has caused debate for centuries. Um, What's clear is that they continue to spark the imagination and curiosity of the public. So, yes, we are Mm. still interested in what is going on. I mean... We deserve to know, I feel like, what our leaders, the people we're voting for, um, are deciding. Yeah, why don't we have more rules, you know, like, around these positions? Like, hey, when you're serving in this position, you can't go yeah. do certain things. Wait, you probably so shouldn't be buying many. stock. You shouldn't, you know, be doing stuff like that. Yeah, so many things that are just, like uh what how is that allowed yeah 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 when you like the more you learn about like (laughs) the ways that that's why I think some people are just like happy being naive to all of this Mm -hmm. because it's like the less you know the less you actually like have to worry about oh my god like is bliss (laughs) (laughs) put it on a shirt 
put it on a shirt. Like, oh. that's so true. Because, yeah, I mean, just thinking about all this now, I mean, we've been talking about these for, like, the last three episodes, and I'm finally, it's, like, finally clicking for me, and it's so depressing, and I'm just, like, like, no matter what you do, like, there's this group of stupid white men that's somewhere, like, plotting things, you know, making yeah. decisions. Yeah, yep. That's really what it all comes down to, honestly. That's what we've learned here. So you're welcome, everybody. You Another are welcome. Another reason why we need to start our own secret society. Yes, the famous secret society. That's what we'll call it. The most famous secret famous. society. Yep, it is. And we yes. say it is. <laughs> I love it. I think we could gain some real traction. We could do then, some yeah. cool, like, marketing. I've never it. heard of Bilderberg. Like, all yeah. it takes is just, like, a group of people who think they're awesome at some place. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have your society. And yeah, we'll try to I start mean, the world order. Really, there's nothing stopping us from having our own secret society. Right? That podcast, next step, secret society. Yep. That's right. Get on board. Choo-choo, bitches. All aboard. Get on. Oh, well, um, guys, we'll miss you for the next couple, few, how many ever weeks we decide. Um, we're going to miss you. We're going to take a and... little summer vacation. Yeah. You know, um, you guys should do the same and listen back to our old episodes. Um, and then we'll be coming in hot with a new series for you to look forward to. So, yes, yes. famous 2.0, I like to call it. Yeah. yeah. Back and better than ever. <laughs> um, yeah, go um be awesome. You know, yeah. continue to be awesome and let us know like let us know which secret society you like, which one would you like to join oh. if you could. <laughs> yes, would you join our secret society? <laughs> So we always love hearing from you guys and we can't wait to be back to talk to you more in a few weeks and, you know, just share some new stuff that we've learned. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Yes. Muchos gracias. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. (laughs)